the self-evident podcast it is saturday night 7 p.m i am mike i've got massey what's here, up and we have a special guest <laughs> pastor todd mazingo yeah he's special <laughs> <laughs> we thought we'd but bring him in because he's got some answers that we need um and he had actually interacted with us on parlor so take note if you interact with us on parlor you might just end up in the middle so <laughs> that was my goal <laughs> dude we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about actually today if you think about it it's gonna be good for us we, we got a lot to cover in this podcast guys so again why don't we just get some house uh, cleaning things in order go to the self-evident truth.com if you guys want to find out more information about what we do who we are what's going on in 2021 we are releasing our year-end newsletter if you want to be a part of that go to uh 1776truth.store you can sign up for our monthly email newsletter or on our website theselfevidenttruth.com please be a part of that you're going to find out what we're doing in 2021 mike and a couple others are coming back on to go help us speak we're going to do a lot of speaking next year also go to 1776truth.store if you guys want some cool merch like the hat that i have on and obviously no one at this table cares about our merch the way i do because i'm the only one that wears it so there you go see does, doesn't matter if i wear it every other week maybe right <laughs> well we got a lot of stuff to cover guys I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast here's the reason we have a government overreach i think we've been talking about this for who hasn't been talking about this since COVID started right yeah. what is the role of government what is the role of the church in government what does this all look like right why are we even talking about this uh so much well here's why because if we don't understand where government's authority lies and why they can do what they do or what they can't do then we're just at a free-for-all government so in other words tyranny ensues uh, it's much like the church, much like marriage. If I don't follow the covenant and contract that I made with my wife, then I'm not being faithful to the covenant contract. That's exactly what's happening in our government. Now, with that being said, we just had a big election and there's obviously a big contested uh, thing going on right now. President Trump is uh, filing some lawsuits. Uh, there's some definite ballots that are all messed up here, but we have a president elect supposedly by the media, which they can't. Guys, listen, the media can't choose presidents. Okay, so that's not their job. So number one, number two, he says when he gets in, he's going to do this mandate to basically shut down our economy, shut down uh, our, our people, and you're going to stay home, um, which obviously anybody with any common sense should go, well, wait a minute, that that's isn't that he, he can't do that like that. Yeah. Anybody with any kind of sense and a conscience starts to realize he can't do that. He doesn't have the authority to do that. Right. Well, he doesn't, <laughs> nor any president for that matter, nor Congress, nor the judges. They don't have the authority to do that. It is not within their scope of power or their purview. But here in Florida, we have this governor called Ron DeSantis. And that dude is saying, yeah, no, nah, lockdown, probably not. Uh, mandatory vaccination, mm, probably not either. Not going to mandate it. So we were talking about it, me and, uh, me and um, uh, his what's his name? Mike. What's his name? Thank Mike. you, Todd. I appreciate his name? that. Mike. I forgot his name. That one guy. Yeah, that guy. Does that yeah he's thing. been with me for a while, you know. Uh, so we were talking about it this week, and we're like, wait a minute, we got to cover this, dude. Like, how awesome is it, Mike, that we have a governor, Pastor Todd, how that we have a governor that is willing to stand for the rights of the people, not his own will. It's absolutely awesome. <laughs> I think, well, here's why. When a government starts to understand, especially state governments, that they have this thing called the 10th Amendment, when they can start understanding that they are the ones in charge of their state, not the federal government, right? Unless they're violating law, but no law is being violated if there's a mandatory shutdown. As a matter of fact, the ones violating their own law and their own covenant is the federal government. So even when we got locked down in Stewart, when we were on that whole trip, I remember 
the sheriff of our city or our county. Uh, our county, basically Martin County, he said, I can't enforce this and I'm not going to enforce this because he said, I'm a constitutional uh, uh, sheriff. I cannot do that. Right. And so what made me excited about that was, is this sheriff knows what he's talking about and he's kind of usurping a government edict and which was really unique to hear because you don't hear that a lot nowadays it's yeah you heard on the other side the sheriffs were arresting pastors for having church uh -huh. services you know exactly. what i'm saying exactly you know and and it's fun to watch when people actually figure out where they can stand on this stuff you know instead of just going along with the federal government we actually have people who are standing up and saying well no i'm not going to stand up for this because that's not constitutional you know whether you're federal government your state government your local government and you're what we're noticing is we're noticing a rise of right. people starting to figure out what is acceptable for government to do and what's not acceptable for government to do right and one of the things that we're going to talk about in this are some actions that government's taking in our news bits and kind of where stuff can lead and where it is leading yeah so if you guys are ready to get into it let's do it Rock all right and roll. let's do it so in a second we're going to put up a slide but our first topic is the dominion voting systems because it's on everybody's tongue right now yeah um one thing that i wanted to point out and i want you guys to kind of give your perspective on this the voting systems thursday night they abruptly backed out of attending a fact-fighting hearing it was set for Friday morning with the Pennsylvania House State Government Committee. Okay, they brought in lawyers. They've ceased cooperating, cooperating with the fact-finding mission. There were 14 counties in Pennsylvania that used the Dominion software. And the facts in this hearing could be used for other states, but they quickly backed out of it. Um, so I wanted your guys' thoughts on this Dominion voting software system thing. Do you think it's something that could actually lead in into anything do you think it's not really important do you think it's where do you think it's at right now i think it's going to get contested i do think the courts will come in his favor and it should there's 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 an obvious uh again gross overreach everybody knows there was some kind of uh mess going on but that's me i mean i here's what i think um if we don't get this right future elections are messed up you know, there's no way we can trust the federal system mm -hmm. of, of elections and voting and maybe I'm going to go a little conspiratorial here. Maybe they want that because then they can get rid of the electoral college and go by popular vote. If they can do that, then it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, I'm seeing that uh, that dominion is that whole software system is obviously the easiest place to corrupt. Yeah. Uh, easiest place to go in and, and make changes and whatnot. Probably also going to be the most difficult place to uncover it. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you're talking about hard coding or, so or software, uh, now, all of a sudden, you've got a whole, how do you trace that down? How do you find out what's been done, what hasn't been done? I think you got the guy from Dominion uh, that they're saying now has talked to Antifa and said, yeah, there's no effing way I'm going to let Trump be president. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, is the smoking gun there? Yeah. How they can prove it? I don't know. That's been my concern is even if you can come up with all of this evidence, it's going to be real hard to to give something for the courts to be able to say, yeah, we can't accept these results. Now, you look at Dominion voting software and their history. You know, these were guys that were working with Hugo Chavez. They, they wrote the program for Hugo Chavez, who ended up with, I don't know, 97, 98% of the vote. I mean, yeah. kind of interesting. They internet access <laughs> on the machines. The machines all had to have an update right, right before the election. The machines also had to have updates in the middle of the election <clears throat> in some areas. There's a lot of questions about that. And 
Dominion voting software got rejected by a lot of governments over the past, I don't know how many years. And I know Texas, they tried three times to put it in and Texas shut it down every time. So it's not a software that's had a reliable history and it's not a software that anybody supports except for people who want something so so, so <laughs> like but, but is it true that there are only in certain states like michigan and georgia is that true yep there's yeah i didn't confirm it that's why i'm asking 20 i think 28 states that actually have dominion voting software it, so we don't have a, a software or system that's through all 50 states just want everyone to know you called it first before remember that when we were What's like should, should we release this right now it hadn't been talked about yet <laughs> yep we're pretty prophetic on this we're, podcast we're, we're good at what we do <laughs> what can i say i was like hey that's that's pretty good dude good for you <laughs> so it's i want you guys to just keep an eye on it we'll see where it goes we'll see what happens with it it's going to be <laughs> i know everybody's putting their their eggs in this basket i think now. that's tough yeah and that's that's something that would be a lot deeper discussion of do you put your eggs in this basket or do you do you start to gain a wider perspective of hey this might not pan out the way you want it to yeah. i you know i think eggs are in a lot of baskets right now i think we're talking about uh, ballots that came in in the middle of the night in a truck yeah. and and all seem to be uh, 98% one direction the whole bit this is a tangled up mess and hopefully there's enough mess uh, that it raises a, a Supreme Court involvement to say there's too much mess in this. Yeah, exactly. And it, I think everybody's accepted it's going to go to the Supreme Court. So it has to. <laughs> and see, he was smart. So let's 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 spack, let's spack the courts with some good people, right? Yeah. That are constitutional. Notice anybody that says stacking courts doesn't exist. It's true. It has. It's happened before. Yeah, I, uh, everybody yeah, does it. Right. Right. They they pack with who they want to. Why was it such a big deal when Lena K and Lena Kagan was brought in? Because she was a lesbian and she's a Harper professor. She's a liberal. Everybody knew that. So what am I on? Liberal. They, we all knew that. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, liberal. I mean, this isn't anything new. This is what they do. But I think he knew what he was doing. I think he was smart. Yeah. Because you pack it with people that, hey, there's some bones to pick with old Biden and Kamala. You know what I mean? There's some, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's, they're not going to forget that. And I'm not saying they're going to do justice outside of justice, right? But, kind of reaping and sowing moment right now so yeah. look i think the election is going to go in the favor of trump i do i do think that the 12th amendment's being invoked right now which okay this this i have to bring up if you guys don't know anything about there's a dude going out there saying basically that the 12th amendment is the the smoking gun if you will this is a way trump for trump to get elected so what happens is if there's a runoff each uh each state can have one vote yeah. and since there's 30 states plus that are republican right he, basically trump will win this one right now they had an independent fact checker on this. So I looked it up on Facebook. I'm like, just see what they said, right? Here's what it said. It wasn't that it was not factual. It was, it won't happen because it's never <laughs> happened before. <laughs> so you see what they're doing? They're manipulating oh, yeah. this stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, if you don't just turn off the fact checkers, fact check the fact checkers, yeah. do it. So then I had to post like, hey, I was on the USA Today article. This isn't saying it's wrong with what he said. It's saying that it's not going to happen, which is your opinion. It's and, your opinion that it won't happen. And I saw something recently. I think it was on YouTube. And it, it might have even been on one of our videos. You know, YouTube's now doing those little fact check Flip boxes. Checks, yeah. yeah. And it said the AP has designated that President Biden won the presidential race. The AP decided. When did the AP <laughs> decide who gets to be president? Last I checked, that was the Electoral College. But, you know, 
I guess the AP is the one who decides. So. Right. <laughs> so we'll watch you guys. We'll let you know. Jared, how are you doing? Good to see you. Um, we will we'll keep you updated. We'll let you know if we see something else, if something really picks up on this. Um, on to item number two. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I thought this was interesting. I just wanted to point this out to you guys. Let's go ahead and bring up slide number two. The German police, now this is in Germany, okay? And this is a, a picture of the YouTube screenshot. There's a prominent anti-lockdown activist, Andreas Nowak, and his house was raided during a live stream. Some are speculating this because his anti-lockdown activities, and it would actually be grouped in with other raids of anti-lockdown activists. There was actually a video in Australia where a a woman with children, I think she was pregnant at the time too. Her house was raided and she was arrested because she had posted on Facebook. I know what you're talking organizing about. Organizing a, a lockdown protest. Yeah. Um, and there was another guy in Germany, Dr. Schiffman. He was arrested during his birthday party after they allegedly received a tip that one of the members of the party went to the bathroom without wearing a mask. Now, <laughs> I say allegedly, who knows, but... Notice there seems to be this movement of arresting activists who are pushing protests. Right. And right. The, the reason I bring this up is, look, Germany has been embroiled in this stuff. And they're starting to crack down in authoritarianism. And we look to Europe a lot of times and we, oh, you know, Europe, they know what they're doing. Well, what Europe's doing is starting to crack down on people who dissent. So when people look at America, oh, that would never happen here. It could. <laughs> it really I think, could. Yeah, I think, too, to, to, to be honest, people say we're seven years behind Canada. So whatever Canada's doing, we're, we're behind seven years, basically. Yeah. And it's a pretty fair statistic because when they started outlawing homeschoolers, they started really cracking down on homeschoolers here. So I'd say it's starting to process. We're now where New York is saying you can't even homeschool. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You can't do parochial school without doing vaccinations. Private school, for God's yeah. sakes. It's their choice, right? So I think what's happening is um, we just had someone come. I'm going to be very broad here. Someone basically came and spoke uh, once at the church and basically said, you know, Germany's got it. Europe's got it right. There's no racism there. There's no anything there. It's oh, like, goodness. um, but there's this there. You know what I mean? There's this. This is happening. They, they may, so they may your not utopia have ain't a good example, buddy. I mean, I'm just saying like no government should be. And, I, and it's not this sounds really extreme, but hear me out governments are meant to be checked that's why we put them in office this is why we hold them accountable so they're meant to be checked they're meant to be uh uh and it's our job as citizens to do that it's my job to hold a government official accountable whom i elected if it's the president if it's congress senate whatever it's my job uh local officials if it's school boards or county council whatever it is it's my job to go represent the people because i'm the people right yep. that's been the problem this whole time is all of a sudden people woke up through i mean i think COVID did us a favor Everybody's like, wait a second. How come they're shutting down business again? You know, like, and then we saw fear, yeah. a lot of fear come out. And then we saw uh, compassion. We saw a lot of things that, that happened. But finally, it was like people saying, I'm done. It hasn't happened in Germany yet. And I think it will. I think there's yeah. going to start being civil unrest here. It's pretty it, soon. And it has started. You know, they've, they've got protests where they're they're shooting water cannons at them. You know, um, in Madison, I was actually talking to a friend earlier today in wisconsin and he said they've gone total lockdown Jeez. they canceled thanksgiving encouraging neighbors to rat out other neighbors like a thousand dollar fine if you get caught with other people in your house type deal um 
Okay, so I'm sorry, but the best no, meme I've seen lately is the the family inside eating their Thanksgiving dinner and the sticker on the window of Como or Gavin or somebody looking in the window. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this, this, um, you know, one of the things we say about Sheriff Snyder, it, it, being a constitutionalist, he's not going to enforce this. The problem with this is it's totally unenforceable. Yeah. It is. There's zero way. Uh, that you're going to be have any law enforcement who can go home to home to check to see. Well, I guess they're going to check cars out front. Uh, and if there's more cars out front, they think they're going to knock on the door. Uh, and if they knock on our door, we're going to invite them in to eat with us. It's going to be great. And we're not going to make them wear a mask either. So. But do you remember, I remember he was at the county council meeting. You remember what you said? Uh, I think it was like the second one. You basically said, how would we enforce this? It's going to get to the point where people are legit taking pictures of license plates and you know, yeah. having private videos of each other. It's like you've turned people into narcs. And at that point, it's like whatever happened to the Fourth Amendment and privacy? You know, all these things that we didn't check off of. There was no box. I didn't sign up for this. I, I, I didn't see it anywhere, apparently. And then, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go back to is it enforceable? It's impossible to enforce because people are going to keep breaking it all the time. And to be honest with you, I still go into source, and you do yep. too. You do yep. too. No mask. Yep. I was just, dude, I was just in North Carolina last week. Because I wasn't here. No masks. Even the workers. No masks. Nobody's afraid. Huh. Nobody's afraid. They're just like, hey, we're living our lives. We're yeah. doing our thing. You know, some people did. That's that's on you. Good job. No, and I'm not condemning that. But the, the, the fact there was freedom. You walked into a, a restaurant. We walked in a, a really cool restaurant. You would have liked it. It was a bunch of antiques and stuff. And uh, we walk in there and they're like, hey, guys, how you doing? And I'm like, I want to hug you. You have, <laughs> you have a smile. You have a smile. Like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? So, it was really encouraging. And, you know, you come down here and it's kind of a mix up bag. You go yeah. with people like friends in Minnesota. They're like, no, there, there has to be masks. Governor Walls is right. He's got no agenda behind this. Of course he doesn't because power never corrupts. You know, so, I mean, again, this is all cons uh, not conspiracy, but power. It's power. Yeah, yeah, it's it's seeking out power. 100%. And I'm glad you brought up Florida because on our next thing, I wanted to. So the original topic name for this on the podcast map was DeSantis is the mantis. And he really is. I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy with DeSantis. I am too. <laughs> he, so let's go to slide four. Chris, I know you got five hands going right it's now. It's time for people you to move to Florida. Good. Move to Florida because if you're conservative. Yeah. If you're liberal. Uh, yeah. Try, just, try just hang New on York. a little bit. Try New York. Uh, slide four, Florida will not make vaccines mandatory. So DeSantis put his foot down. He said, we are not going to make vaccines mandatory. The beautiful thing is this is not the only thing that he said. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. He, we've got a lot of people who are saying, we're not doing enough. We need to do more. He, right. he received a letter from, uh, I think it was five mayors of cities in Florida that demanded that he do a mask mandate. And he he came out in the same thing and said, we're not doing a mask mandate. We're not going to do that. Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But you would hope that. And, and I think you, I want you to chime in on this, too. I would hope that people would see if there's no mask mandate, quit mandating it. Yeah. If our own governor's saying no, why are you? Do, you know what I mean? Well, all we're doing is shifting who's going to be responsible for the mandate because county commissioners are saying, okay, this is going to be a, a new ordinance and everybody has to comply by it. And then uh, they can enforce it and the numbers go down. So they back it off. Then they throw it in the business lap and they say, you can decide whether or not 
and and really that's probably what we're running into more than anything is you yeah. walk into a business and the business has decided there's a man ma mask mandate in their business which is Truth. really annoying because i'll walk in and if you gotta have a mask i just walk out and do my business somewhere else yeah. so um uh, and and then it goes like you've said uh which was which was my complaint at the commission meeting is who's going to be the enforcement of something that the officers cannot exactly I, I mean the broad spreadness of it doesn't allow officers to do it so now yeah. you're just going to get tattletaling you know yep. it, and and, and you know, I, i'm so apologize for not being able to have a name and have a factual here but i was watching the news earlier today and a democratic representative from a, a state in the north came on and just said hey if you're going to have a thanksgiving dinner you just need to know people are going to die <laughs> that was a that was a straight up statement and i'm just like where do you people come from wow. thanks for uh, the hope yeah yeah, yeah. You, sad you can go ahead and eat turkey but you're going to people are going to die Dude, listen people to this. are going to die georgia thomas just wrote this she said the sheriffs in every county in california have turned on newsome so in other words there's a big yeah. massive revolt going yeah. on that that and honestly that needs to happen that is constitutional and what excites me about that is you're doing your job yeah stand behind those people because most people again i'm not saying if you're a, an athlete or a movie star you shouldn't have an opinion everybody should have an opinion everybody should vote whatever but it's when you start to say you're wrong if you don't vote with me uh -huh. or you know you're not black did you forget that you were black remember this whole chelsea handler thing with 50 cent yeah it's like you're did you forget that you were black that is straight racism chelsea that's racism to yeah. the max to say that someone because they're black has to vote democrat are you crazy I mean, imagine a white person. I mean, a, a, a black saying it to a white. We would say the same thing. It's an outrage to yeah. say that. Even Biden saying, you're, you're, you're not black if you don't vote for me. All these things. It's when they start saying that you're wrong and demonize you. So they're doing the very thing that they accuse conservatives of doing. See what I'm saying? And they do this a lot. This is that two steps forward, one step back. Once they keep going with these agendas, they try to keep pulling back. But thank God for sheriffs like that because that's important. We yeah. need more of that. Agreed. And and support those sheriffs and make sure you're letting them know that you appreciate that they're upholding the Constitution, not what a governor decides to dictate or mandate. I did want to do, let's do the next slide for a, so I, I pulled up an article from USA Today, and I think this was back in March. They believed in mandatory vaccinations. And they did. said the reason. When an effective vaccine is available for COVID-19, it will only defeat the pandemic if it is widely used, creating herd immunity, which was a racist term before it wasn't, <laughs> after it's not. <laughs> but at some point, well put. <laughs> it is important to note that during an <laughs> epidemic, there is no threshold above which the protection conferred by herd immunity cannot be improved. Thus, the more people who are immunized the lower the risk for all of us, including those who are not vaccinated. They want to not honor religious objections. The major religions do not officially oppose vaccinations, so therefore do not allow they don't. religious objections. What major religions is he talking about? I just want to know. I don't know. And do not allow objections for personal preference, which violate the social contract. Oh, you're going to tell me about the social contract. <laughs> did you forget the contract called the constitution just saying yeah, just that right. that contract right there um so i brought this up because they come up with all these punishments they come up with all these ideas but their main point is basically well it's going to help the group so therefore make everybody do it so now you're forcing everybody to take a foreign substance into their body for the good of everybody else i'm sorry 
No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reed actually talked about this. Never had a flu shot. Never will. Never had the flu. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there's been so much, whether it's conspiracy theory or not, there's been so much conversation about what's in this vaccine and does a believer want that in their body or not. Right, uh, right. That I can clearly tell you that the vast majority of Christians, until we get in this conversation we're talking about later with uh, with violence and love, yeah. okay? We will. Uh, the vast majority of Christians are going to look at it and say, you can't force me to take a vaccine. And, and again, just going back to what you said, herd immunity, I just find it difficult to take a vaccine that says it has a 90%. With, they had no facts to back that up. It's 90% success rate basically against vaccine. There was no factual evidence of that. They just said it, right? Second, you can survive this virus, a 98% survival rate. So I'm going to take a vaccine that we don't even know anything about over just contracting COVID itself. People say you're going to die. Folks, I'm telling you. Look, I had it. He had it. He didn't. It's because he's, let's, let's he's anointed. Let's go by the, <laughs> it's he's let's got just Jesus. Go by the numbers you just stated. Okay? I need Jesus. If I take a vaccine, I have a 90% chance of not getting it. If I get it, I have a 98% chance of surviving it. <laughs> That's what 99% chance of surviving it. So I'm not real sure why I need a vaccine because I'm going to survive it anyway. <laughs> I've never had a flu vaccine and I've gotten the flu once and it was, it was okay. After a few days, you're going to live. Folks. And this has been my thought. You want it, go ahead and get it. Then you're vaccinated against the virus. <laughs> Wait a minute now. What about those? So people, you don't have to worry about what it. What about those people who had the virus asymptomatically? Now they're going to reintroduce it into their body or they're going to, they're going to take yeah, a vaccine for something they've already had. <laughs> and what if they have symptoms with that? Do we blame the medical profession for that? For injected in their body yeah. i mean seriously yeah. this is yeah. where it gets so skewed it's it's a very dangerous place to go and the worst part is there is precedent for it you know we've talked about mandatory vaccinations before back in 1902 something like that a a pastor actually refused a vaccination and they decided no you can be forced to get vaccinated and so now you know, all the arguments that you see from the other side in news articles, they say, oh, hey, by the way, this happened before, so we can do it again. Yeah. It happened with smallpox yeah. and we forced vaccinations, so now we can yeah. force vaccinations on everybody. The, And I know there's a lot of people who say, why wouldn't you want to help everybody around you? Why wouldn't you want to care about those around you? And maybe you guys can put into this and, and oh, give a response comes. to that. Actually, I'm just going to open the floor. Why wouldn't you want to help other people? I think we'll let the pastor handle this one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you care about others? Uh, apparently not. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of going to be the crux of a conversation here where we talk about uh, what I consider to be a real conflict that's going on in the church itself right now. When you look at uh, John 13, 35, and it says, this is how we're going to be known by our loves. So we've yeah. got to be a loving people. And then you look at a Matthew eleven twelve that says, uh, hey, the kingdom suffers violence and violent men take it by force. And we understand that scripture to mean that we're in the kingdom of God and there is a war going on and we're supposed to be a part of that war. And so we get into this conversation about should a Christian be loving and passive and not speak up or should a Christian be confrontational? And, and there's so much here to talk about. Uh, but the reality for me is look at what passivity has gotten us. Yeah. Being loving and not speaking up really equals tolerance. It just says, you go ahead and do what you want. I don't.
want to be confrontational because I need to be loving. Therefore, I won't speak truth. Yeah. I'll just sit and let you roll with whatever you want to roll with in this country and, and impose whatever you want to impose. And I think maybe uh, maybe to take the conversation a little farther, uh, you know, when you look at the kingdom of God in Scripture, um, it is talked about more by Jesus than actual salvation, that the kingdom of God is what we entered. And Matthew, I talked to you the other day about the she fact did. that uh, we, we have some old hymns crossing over the Jordan and Beulah land and glory. Listen, land, yes. And they all talk about we're going to cross over the Jordan and then we're going to be in eternity face to face with Jesus and our rewards going to be there. And, and the problem with that is the Bible doesn't support that. The Bible doesn't support crossing the Jordan as being stepping into eternity. Yeah. It supports crossing the Jordan as stepping into the kingdom of God. Now, how do, how do I make that difference? When they crossed over the Jordan, it was not their heaven. It was not their promised land in the sense of heaven. Why do I know that? Because they had to fight to take yeah. it. They were given the land. It was their inheritance. Here, go in, but now you have to conquer. You have to conquer and take it back from whoever has dominion in those cities. You've got to go in and do the battle. And so the believer, to believe that once I step into the kingdom of God, I'm supposed to become loving and passive always, does not understand what it means to be in the kingdom of God. That's exactly right. And look what he told We've talked about this many times. You've preached on this many times, that the Old Testament stories are basically a, a, a foreshadowing of, New Testament, basically doctrine, right? So if you think about it, he told Joshua, he told Moses, he told Gideon, go and possess the land that your fathers once previously had. In other words, to drive out previous occupants. If you think about it, our job as Christians is to go spread the gospel. One, second, establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That was the one prayer Christ taught his disciples was to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth. Tell me this, just look around you guys, you as Christians. Is the kingdom of heaven on earth? When you look at our political system, when you look at the school systems, when you look at family life right now, I just had a conversation about someone today about marriages and how that's almost being promoted that divorce is okay, which is exactly right. It's it's not even talked about anymore. Adultery is not even really talked about anymore. All these things that the kingdom of heaven needs to be on earth. Who's going to do that? The Holy Spirit can do it. If God can do anything he wants. But again, the testimony is within you to do it. So these things, in other words, saying we do love one another, but love is truth. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, which everybody preaches on at a wedding, you know, love is patient, love is kind, all these things. But read down, I think it's verse 8 or 9. It says love does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. That the truth is not supposed to be um, unbalanced. The truth is supposed to be uh, with, with love. So in other words, 1 John 3, 18, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that word love is synonymous with sacrifice, which means I have to give of myself when I love something. In other words, if I love God, I give up my old life. My old life is done. It says in Colossians, set your affection on things above. Christ sits at the right hand of God. This whole thing about tolerance, John Wesley once said, what well, one generation tolerates, the next will embrace. And it was Abraham Lincoln that also said it too. He said, the philosophy of the classroom in one generation is, will be the philosophy of government in the next. So we allow these teachings to happen. Is it any wonder we send our kids to Caesar? They come back Romans. You know what I mean? Ooh, that's it's, good. If you think about it, we send our kids to these places to get indoctrinated. By the way, sending them to college is no better. You're paying a quarter of a million dollars to literally destroy their faith in Christ. Yeah, you're True. They're destroying their faith. And so what happens is we say, well, that 
I, I did what I could. I, I, I parented. Let's take it a step further, church. When we say, man, look, I did what I could. I preached the gospel. I did everything I was supposed to do. But yet your community was failing because we didn't go outside the walls. We didn't say, hey, the kingdom of heaven needs to be on earth. We should be in the city councils and the school systems. I, I mean, you got to go back and clarify that that part of the part of the problem in Christianity today is this mentality that all government leaders were put in place by God. Romans 13. So therefore, we we have to somehow submit yeah. to their governmental leadership, and 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 the truth is that government, the structure of government, was put in place by God. We're the ones electing these people to be in place, or are not uh, standing up and electing them to be in place. So there has to be this place for the believer where he says, "I care so much about the things of God that I will not tolerate this kind of moral decline in my city, in my government," uh, and and so therefore we have to be. Sure, uh, as as um, uh, what is doves and as as why is a serpent hum, harmless as doves? Yeah, so we're going to be harmless, but but listen, being harmless, you've got to also be as shrewd as the serpent. So you've got to go at this thing strategically and know who to talk to and why. Now I'm I'm going to say it this way: as a pastor, I'm not mad at people. I'm not mad at the person who is a commissioner. I'm mad at the evil that's at work in that yeah. commissioner. And therefore I will confront the issue that that commissioner is voting for because it is wrong. It is morally wrong and scripturally wrong, but I can't as a believer say, well, I've got to somehow passively say, Hey, you're, you're being wrong here. Please don't do that. That's not nice. I want to be kind. That's not who I am. There's a strength in the kingdom of God to overcome. We have an authority over the enemy. So you have to exert that authority to say enough, yeah. enough. The believers of this community are going to stand up and say, we will not allow that. And if we look at how um, biblical heroes confront government, there's a lot of times where it's not just, hey, maybe if you could possibly just So Jesus is standing in front of Pilate, <laughs> and he says, you don't have any yeah. authority unless it's given to you by God. And it, he calls Herod a, a fox, right? He's, you tell that fox, you know, like, now we're not saying, hey, go out and, and call, call and your leaders like, foxes. Yeah, Christ had a reason he was, he was referring to him that way. But you look at the prophets, the prophets weren't going in and saying, hey, maybe, you know, you guys should change your no i just want you to know god yeah. says you're in trouble and you need to <laughs> repent and everything will be okay and and i think people think that the only way to bring about conviction in a person's heart is a passive um kind love love is truth so truth sometimes has to be given in a strong way in order to get through because otherwise if i just passively tell you massey i you know i think your heroin use is you know maybe it's just wrong <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> high five go your way yeah, right? yeah, yeah you know it'd be a good thing if you stop sleeping with that other woman while you're married <laughs> just a suggestion just just a, just just a suggestion if you want you know but and and people think that the we're making fun or exaggerating, but that really is what it tends to boil no, down man. to is, is somebody goes to somebody else and they're like, I just, I really don't think you should do this. And there's, there's no energy. There's no passion. If I can't show you passion about how I feel about it, you're not going to take any passion from me about how I feel about it, how you should feel about it. You know, there's an activity there that connects with another person's spirit, truth. Truth. You know? you know, God had a truth about the tree in the garden. Uh, and Satan came and twisted that for Eve and deceived Eve. Uh, and when we look at topics like 
They will know us by our love. When we look at topics like Romans 13 and all government is put in place by God and we think that's the person put in place. When we add to that, let me just give you another layer. When we add to that, our battle is not against flesh and blood but it's been spiritual powers and principalities in the heavenly places. Then everybody steps back and says, no, you got to go to your prayer room and you got a warrior. You don't go out in public. You don't go to commission meetings. You don't worry about elections. Let all that take of it. Sarah, if you take care of it in the right. prayer room, let me clearly say all believers should be loving people. Let me clearly say that government was put in place by God, but the individuals were not. Let me clearly say that we must pray and pray with authority and with power and go against the powers and principalities. Come but on. let me add to that. We must get active yes. in what's going on instead of complaining later that it went that way and we didn't do anything about it. Yeah. And, and you think about it in, in a just physical realm, you can't sit back and just complain about it, about how everything is, you know, falling apart on you. If you haven't acted at all, if you haven't been a part of trying to push back against that. Right. And I think what we end up getting into the process of this is we end up getting into that mode of I'm supposed to just pray. No, there's an action that goes along with the movement of faith, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Moses doesn't just sit and pray for his people to leave. He goes and tells Pharaoh, let my exactly. people go or else or else this is what's going to happen. So there is that prayer of the Lord. You better be with me. I need you on this. Help me through this. But there's still that active motion. There's still that activity that goes forward think, to yeah. grasp a hold of it. Even what he just said about the principalities and powers, you know, that those are, you know, uh, basically happening above. And it's a spirit realm and all this stuff. Well, who does this, who do those demons operate through? Yeah. You know, if it's not the people, which is what clearly what we see, you know, demonic oppression, people that are listen. And also, too, it's that whole idea that um, when we sow wheat, you know, what is it, Matthew? What is it, Matthew 16? I think it was. I can't remember where it was, but it was like when he said good men slept, evil men came in and sowed tares. Yeah. It was just easy because it was like for us. I, I didn't know this 16 years ago. Angie, you're right. There are churches getting involved now. Praise God. We are seeing it. I've been preaching that for a long time. There are happening. It's yeah. just slow, but sure. And guess what? Notice how everything's being muted right now by the media, by every social media platform. I know a lady who's got 300,000 followers and you can't see any of her posts on Instagram or Facebook. She's getting censored. There's no question, right? So anytime there is a voice like that, why do they censor it? Because it's truth. You have to censor truth. It's the bottom line, right? You, you don't have to censor a lie because it's just going to permeate. People don't care. They'll forget about it tomorrow. So when you go back to this conversation of this, when you go back to the conversation of love, what is love? I think you just laid it out very well. I remember uh, there was a, uh, I, I was at a Walmart one time and I remember watching this gentleman scream at his wife and then he grabs her wrist. So then I was going to approach him. This dude was like, yeah. he was about as tall as you were, big dude. I'm thinking, I'm gonna get clobbered. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I was like timid to walk up, but my heart was, hey, what are you doing? Like, would it be love? Hey, sir, that's not the best idea to handle your wife like that. So as I'm walking, I'm like, hey, bro, what are you doing? And also he turns around and goes, what the? I mean, he went off on me, right? Another guy and another guy and another guy walk up. Is that love? To say, hey, we're protecting that girl right there? Doesn't matter who was right or wrong. It was just wrong in that moment for him to grab her like that, right? So love is getting in the fight. It is saying, look, I love people. It's Thomas Paine. He said, he said, if there's trouble, let it be in my day so that my child could have peace. Isn't that love to leave our children something better than what we had? Isn't that love to leave them an inheritance? Isn't that love for us to say, you know what, we're going to leave the church better for our children so they can take it up? 
you know, you know, probably you just made probably the most solid uh, argument for uh, Christians being involved when you look at who wrote our Constitution. Yeah, uh, this dude, was yeah. directly Christians getting involved in government and saying it must be set up under God. That's that's uh, a foundation for us as a country. And yet the greatest example probably we have of the Christian getting into government so that the government falls under Christ. That's exactly it. Even even take it a step further. When John Adams says this, we all know the quote, but listen to what he said. He said our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It's, it can't exist in a government of any other. Do you know why? Because if you're not internally governed, you won't govern a law that governs you. So in other words, the Constitution was meant to govern the, the governor. Yeah. It wasn't meant to govern the people. We, we're supposed to be self-governed, but see what happens? When you're not internally governed, you have to outside govern someone else. And that's dangerous, right? But listen to what he said just before that. He said, we have no government armed with power, capable of contending with men's passions, unbridled by religion and morality. We can't even fathom a government that can stop sin, is what he said. That's why people need Christ. And when you get to a point where you have a government that is powerful enough to try and stop sin, it's going to be a government that sins. To uh, do it. Sins to do it. And, and sins Force. in grotesque, vicious, awful ways to oppress the sins that they see, which is the scariest part. It's not the sins of God, but sins that they see in the, in the humanity. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to read by Spurgeon that I've got on the notes. So this is what he said. Frequently complaints are made and surprise expressed by individuals who have never found a blessing rest upon anything they have attempted to do in the service of God. I've been a Sunday school teacher for years, says one, and I've never seen any of my girls or boys converted. No. And the reason most likely is you have never been violent about it. You have never been compelled by the divine spirit to make up your mind that converted they should be, and no stone should be left unturned until they were. You've never been brought by the spirit to such a passion that you have said, I cannot live unless God bless me. I cannot exist unless I see some of these children saved. Then, falling on your knees in agony of prayer and putting forth afterwards your trust with the same intensity towards heaven, you would never have been disappointed, for the violent take it by force. I don't know how you get a whole lot more clear. Um, and and I, I think it truly is just a deception of the enemy on the believer uh, that we're not in a battle. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know uh, that I have a, uh, a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness and a belt of truth. And uh, my feet are shod for peace. And I have a shield of faith and a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I don't expect to go to battle. No. I expect to sit in my closet and pray. And that be the extent of mm. what I do, because my understanding, uh, when you read David, uh, when you read some of the great Kings, they talk about the going in and the coming out. Mm. And what they were talking about is going into the prayer place and intimacy with God so that you could go out and do battle. Uh, and, and this is the opportunity for the believer today uh, to stand up. And I, I honestly thought that uh, we'd seen the, the best surge of Christianity that we've seen in years for Trump. Exactly. It was the first time Christians Truth. came together and said, hey, we need to support. We're going to back this no matter yeah. what. If we had that about abortion, if we had that Ooh. about some of the LGBTQ oh, issues Come and on. gay marriage, then then the Christians would be making these decisions like they did in writing the constitution. Dude. And I got to hit this next point. Great. This is great. What you put on here. The, the Greek word translated as suffers violence is biazo and is used only one other place. And dude, we'd studied this before that the word suffer, it actually means violence. It means yeah. to, to take and to press in. 
It says this, it's closely related word is used nowhere else in the Bible. The verse revolves around these words, but their narrow biblical usage limits our technical understanding. In other words, since it's only used once, it's meant once, you know, and yeah. he's always said this, don't take one verse as a biblical precedent, right? But it says this in Luke 16, 16, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. The Greek word translating as pressing is the same word as suffers. The same word as taking it by force, to press in, to take the kingdom of God violently. In other words, it's our kingdom to dominate in. Yeah. He's giving us dominion. Can you tell the Mina story, the, 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 the Mina thing you were talking about at the men's conference? Yeah, you, you have a, a story in scripture of, of a master who leaves Minas for his servants, goes away and come back. Now, there's many stories, many parables in the Bible about going away and coming back and there be accountability, you know, of the talents and the, and the servants, sure. and those kind of things. But in the Mina story, I think what most people miss is when he comes back, he says, you have done well with your Minas, therefore... I will put you in authority over many cities. Uh, and, and, and what I get from that is if, um, if you were really, really good at, at making omelets, okay. And, and you could, you could make the most amazing omelet. What I would say is you need to open a restaurant, right? Okay. So everybody can enjoy those. <laughs> yeah. omelets. And if I came to you and I said, Hey, your yard is amazing. It's immaculate. It's beautifully cut. Uh, you know, have you ever considered doing that on a, on a, on a business scale for large business or maybe a golf course could use you? So what I'm saying is because you've been faithful with little, I think you should be over much. And because yeah, you've been right. faithful making an omelet for me, I think you should. Oh. Make so what is the story of the Mina saying that when he came back, he said, because you've been faithful with little what? Authority. I'm going to give you authority over city cities. So the uh, the minas that he gave them was authority. In other words, he's telling us in this parable, Christian, you've been granted authority. When I return, I want to see what you did wow. with the authority you have. <laughs> we have an accountability for how we use the authority that we've been given. Now, if we're not going to get involved, if we're not going to use that authority to make decisions for the kingdom of God so that things can be on earth as they are in heaven, then fine. When he returns, he'll take our authority and give it to someone who can That's right. use it. And, and this, I, I want to go into this a little bit deeper in terms of, of everyday world, because a lot of times people say, OK, yeah, spiritual authority. You can you can, you know, grab spiritual authority. You can even convert people by by a passion in Sunday school. Um, but the the problem with that is people so often decide, well, yeah, that works for in the church and it works for conversions, but hey, politics is separate. You know, culture is separate. You you've just got to be a loving example in that you there's there's that wall, right? And what frustrates me about that is if I don't go out, they're gonna come in. That's right. And Melissa and I were talking about this is one of the things that that people have a hard time seeing when when they see what we do is they think, oh, you guys are, are extremists, you're conspiracy theorists. That's never going to happen. No, you don't understand what can happen if the church isn't vigilant. Yeah. Freedom is something you need to be vigilant about. But also, if I don't try to get in there, Satan will. That's Satan right. will grab a hold. I of think it's area, even past that, know? Mike. I I think you know we were given originally dominion over the earth. Yeah. Okay, and 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 by following Satan, we gave that dominion up to Satan, and so Satan uh, sits with Jesus in in the high place, and he says, "You see all these kingdoms of the world. If you'll bow down to me, I'll give them to you." 
And the question is, why didn't Jesus say they're not yours? They're mine. Because at the time he had given them mm. to man and man had given them over to Satan. So Christ comes, he dies on a cross, he's resurrected, he comes to his people and he says this, all authority has now been given to me in heaven and on earth, therefore go. What is he saying go to do? He's saying now that you have the authority back, you can retake dominion over the land. Truth. So the enemy has dominion over your government. The enemy has dominion over your school. Yeah. The enemy has dominion over your marriage definition. Now, why don't you go in there and use your authority to take it back for the kingdom of God? <laughs> and it's no different, right, than using the gifts of the spirit when it's like to healing, to yeah. miracles. We take authority and we bind things on earth that we want bound in heaven. We lose things on earth that we want loose in heaven. I mean, it's, it's that same principle. If I know someone's demonically possessed, I take authority because I've been given that authority. Yep. Why not on earth? Yeah. Why can't that same principle? And it is applied on, on earth. On earth as it is in heaven, right? The reason that's in the Lord's Prayer, right? Thank on you. earth as, as it, it is, is in, in heaven. heaven. Yeah. So that doesn't mean, hey, on earth in your personal life on earth <laughs> what's going on in heaven is that everybody and everyone is submitted to god yep. every system every person truth. every law every truth everything is submitted to god so now he's saying why don't you have it on earth like it is in heaven why isn't on earth everything submitted to god what are you doing about that exactly exactly and i don't know if we can wrap it up any better than that because already we've seen you know even just you and i just traveling and doing what we do. Mm -hmm. We didn't know there was a no. We didn't know you couldn't yeah. do certain things. We didn't know you couldn't go into public schools. It just wasn't, you know, and you would hear it. You'd be like, but why not? Like, let's just go do it. Yeah. You know, who would say yes or no? And then when you do, you see God move because it's like, it's an untouched resource. People don't do this. You know what I mean? And so basically what we're getting across here is in a lot of ways, love is not something to just be sat on. Is it truly love if you don't act on it? Is it love or is it just a wish? Is it just a dream? Love isn't passivity. Exactly. Well, and, and let's look at the word meek. That word, it's not just passive. It's a sheathed sword, right? So that's strength under control. So it doesn't mean to be a, a violent man of Christ is to go out swinging wildly and whacking everybody with your Bible. You're, you're, no, you're poignant. You're, you go out and you're controlled. You're dangerous spiritually. 100%. You're dangerous with the authority that you carry. Dangerous for who? Darkness. You're dangerous for the wicked. So love, uh, so loving your kids is letting them do whatever they want. Must be. <laughs> it's broke. I, I love you so much. You can eat as many cookies as you want. You just make the decisions. You do what you want because I want to be a kind and loving parent. Which people are trying that parenting tactic now. Okay. okay. <laughs> Have you ever been at a supermarket where that happens? where a kid just <laughs> dominates the parent. Don't tell me you haven't sat there and go, oh, that's a, that's an interesting parenting technique. You're like, get that kid a belt. You know what I mean? That's what you're thinking. You have to correct. The Bible even says if you don't correct your own, you're, you're a fool. You hate your son if you don't correct. Dude, how much more us? If he corrects me, he loves me to do that. It's the same thing in the world. I've got to correct and, 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 and make sure that I'm out there doing what I'm called to do. Now, not everybody, and I'll keep saying this, not everybody's called to government. I get that. There's pastors that are not called to, to do things that apostolic pastors get into or prophetic pastors, okay? So we're not trying to say, if you're not getting involved, you're not doing the will of God. Get involved in something. Yeah. Go out and save souls. I mean, pastors, you can hear me on this. You can still expand the kingdom as a pastor. Amen. Not You don't need to be apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic. 
as a pastor, still you can expand the kingdom. Absolutely. You know how you do that? You get the people that you don't have around you to expand that kingdom. Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors. I mean, you get those people around you. So don't take this as a criticism. Take this as a God, get up on yourself and, 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 and take heart. And that this is your territory. This is your dominion. It's the same thing that Gideon was told when he was hiding behind a wine press. You, mighty man of valor, you can go up in the strength of the Lord and go do it. And I don't know a character in the Bible that said, yeah, you know what? I didn't need the Lord to tell me that. I, I thought I could take the land myself. No, they, they all, Joshua, after conquering so much territory, when Moses finally died, was told how many times, fear not, fear not, fear not. If God wants us to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth, then we have to be suffering violent about it. We have to be about it. Right. And it's not battering people over the head. Listen, someone told me today, don't be so king, heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. That is a contradiction. Here's why. Because when you're heavenly minded, you're kingdom minded. If, if you're heavenly minded, you're not doing anything. That's religious. That's a religion. And so what I want to say to you is be heavenly minded. Let the Lord tell you what you're called to do in the society. Yeah. And C.S. Lewis covers that, too. He says all the and I don't remember the exact quote, but basically what he says is all the more you should be heavenly minded because then you have the mind of heaven. Exactly. For Earth, you it's know? religious if it's not active. Exactly. So Does that makes sense. Yep. Any last thoughts? He's the man. Guys, tune in tomorrow. Revive Church. <laughs> Guess what he's talking about? Possessing the gates. There you go. That's Boom. a sermon tomorrow. Thank Revive, you. Revive or Facebook. Revive Church. Seriously, it's going to be an awesome sermon. So, he's actually kind of talking about this. Like, yep. Pray. I know. See, he didn't get into it. He didn't want me to spill nothing. He didn't want me to say nothing here. <laughs> yeah. So be sure to check that out. Um, you can get the live cast of it. Okay. You can go to reviveusnow.com, get the live cast of it. Um, be sure to check out Revive's YouTube channel as well. They've got all the sermons on YouTube. You can watch this stuff. You can stop it, write notes, play it again, exactly. stop it, watch it again if you need to, which you'll probably need to. Or you can get up and, and come to 851 Johnson Avenue in Stewart, <laughs> Florida. You with, can do that too. And you can do that without a mask. Uh, oh! And you can walk in and well, we'll be good then. with you. Hey, well, tell that. them about Revive Talk, too. That's a fun thing we do. Uh, Revive Talk is a television program that we actually record on Thursdays. So Thursday at noon, it's live on Facebook. Uh, we're talking about where is the Holy Spirit in the church today? And, and we're covering many, many facets, everything from gifts to ministries to uh, uh, interaction and rhema and logos and, and those kind of things with the Holy Spirit. Then that particular uh, program that you see on Thursday is then played on television hey. at 2.30 uh, on Saturday afternoons on WTCE. Awesome. But we're really talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth. We're talking about the Holy Absolutely. Spirit in the church. Yep. And that's really what we cover. It wasn't just a talk show just to talk about things. It was, you know what? How's the Holy Spirit been misinterpreted? How has he not been vindicated? And what we need to do in the church to do that. Truth. Really, really good stuff, you guys. You want to check that out as well. Again, you can go on the YouTube channel. You also show up. And guys, it's been like this for seven <laughs> years, 9 and 11. I don't know why y'all show up at 1115. I guess it's on you every Sunday. That's on you, I guess. But it's been the same seven years, right? So anyways. It Go ahead. And if you want to be more holy and righteous, you'll show up at 845. Hot dog! be ready. Register them, kids. Yeah. Anyways, so, guys, listen. If you want to support Self-Evident, go on to theselfevidenttruth.com or 1776truth.com. Become a torchbearer. 
Become someone who lights the way with us. This is what we're doing. Next year's uh, next year's tally is amazing. We got a lot of events coming up. Uh, I'm only going out about seven times, but Mike's coming on board to help do a lot of these events because guess what? There's a lot of territory to cover. Folks, again, be online. If you guys give, want to give a one-time donation, go on to theselfevidenttruth.com on the Donate tab. You guys can do that. Guys, we should have a new website up in two weeks, which I'm really excited about. We just finished, and we're actually working on our new <laughs> – I'm going to let the cat out of the bag on this one. We're working on a constitution course uh, for self-evident. Self-evident will have its own constitution course, and so we're really excited about that uh, coming out. It should be – that's about a four-month project, but we're really excited to start that. Um, again, want to sign up for our newsletter? Get online. Get on there, put your email in, and we'll send you our newsletter for our year end, and you guys can see what we got going on. But once again, thank you for tuning in. We love every one of you that support us. We love every one of you that pray for us, even you who critique, right, Mike? We yeah. love critiquers because, hey, it sharpens us. So God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Love you guys.